Hello everyone, so I had an enriching discussion with a wise person in my inner circle. All the people in my inner circle are wise people, by the way. And the person who I'm close to um, is a survivor of rape like myself. So, and that person doesn't mind y'all knowing that the person wants to remain nameless and I honor that. We both decided, based upon credible research, um, based upon human sexual misdeeds, um, based upon statistics, data, credible statistics, credible data, and based upon our intimacy needs as rape survivors, we both decided that it would never be good for me to do porn performing. And it took until today for that to fully sink in for me. And it fully sank in before I started the conversation with the person in my inner circle today. And the reason why the reason why that is is because in the world of porn, even if you are an independent contractor and self-employed, your porn can be featured on mainstream porn websites without your consent and without your knowledge. It's it's a similar vein to how comedians are now talking about their disdain for joke stealing and act stealing, routine stealing, monologue stealing, punchline stealing, and storytelling stealing. It's also similar to how rappers would talk about in the much younger days of hip-hop, that if you were known to use someone's rhymes without permission and to make other rappers' rhymes your own rhymes, then violence could ensue out of rage as a result of that. And sometimes violence has ensued as a result of the rage of comedians towards other comedians. And it may be possible that violence to some extent happens in porn because people may be mad that you're putting porn on their site without your permission. So it's possible um, that that could be happening. So I've learned that when someone puts porn of yours on their website, if you are a porn performer or a porn producer, a porn distributor, a porn marketer, a porn editor, a porn film crew, or porn executive leadership, they can make money off your porn on their porn website without you knowing they've been making money off of you behind your back all these years, all this time, all these months, all these weeks, all these days, all these hours, all these minutes, and all these seconds, and all 
it's just it's also hard to protect your pornographic intellectual property your pornographic copyrights are hard because um, I tell you this not only is that a form of economic thievery is what I call it but imagine constantly having to file lawsuits to get your porn off their porn websites and they may not remove it right away they may find slick ways to have your porn on their website they just change up the titles descriptions tags and genres and categories and names of performers and just names of the videos but it's still visible to everybody that's been known to happen while sometimes they just say flat out no we're we're profiting off this we're keeping it and sometimes there may has to be a threat of criminal charges for them to go all right well we will no longer make money off this and any money we've made off this we now have to give it either to charity or to the person you know the people in charge of the in charge of the porn company or um, we have to forfeit the money to the IRS so it's like Pornhub Porn, it took Pornhub a quite a long time for them to remove underage pornography child porn off their website and in fact I've seen ethical porn be listed and available on Pornhub and other mainstream porn websites do they have full permission I don't know but it is odd to me that some ethical porn companies may not even know that they're being ripped off and they may not even know that they're losing money to other people their porn competitors without even knowing it and their intellectual copyrights are being violated and their patent rights are being violated too as a result so what I've learned about the world of porn um, it has um It has really alerted me that I don't want to put myself in a situation where I'm constantly spending money on legal teams as well as legal fees to try to get my porn off mainstream porn sites without my permission. It's one thing if you have a business deal with a porn company whether you do ethical porn mainstream porn or uh, independent porn or alternative porn or gonzo porn or um, art porn whatever kind of porn it is if you have a business deal whether whether ethical porn 
with a mainstream porn company is my constant example. As long as y'all agree that that's the arrangement, then that is considered an ethical way of doing porn business. Like, okay, I know my material's on your site, your material's on my site. Or sometimes they go, hey, you can have your stuff on your site and we and you can have your stuff on my site and they may and they may say well that's okay they may agree to that and they may have their stuff on each other's site or one has their stuff has your stuff on their site and their stuff on and you have your stuff on your site they may not want to have your stuff they may not want to have a deal where we both have each other's stuff on each other's sites it may be one side or sometimes they agree to a mutual sided deal every porn deal is different depending upon the metrics and the algorithms and the costs and profitability that's all goes into factor. How does that all relate to me not doing porn? Well, here's the thing. I understand that there are survivors of sex crimes, women, black folks, Indigenous persons, people with disabilities, LGBTQI plus people, survivors of sexual disorders, reproductive disorders, survivors of pregnancy complications, and survivors of body image issues, sexual performance anxieties, who may be offended that my stuff is on a mainstream porn site because a lot of them may not see mainstream porn as ethical in its pornography. And they may feel like this is sexually untherapeutic to me. This does not sexually heal me at all, right? Plus, It's hard to, it would be impossible for me to defend ethical porn on a mainstream porn site, especially to many feminist entities, many feminist individuals, and I would have, it would be humiliating for me to endure that and trying to explain how could porn that's supposed to be therapeutic be on a site that's known for not being therapeutic you know how can you say what you're doing is sexually therapeutic but on a sexually therapeutic site but it's also on a sexually untherapeutic site and some of these people may be anti-porn anti-sex work people not trying to please them or appease them but at the same time it's hard to defend why my stuff is on their stuff. They do porn totally opposite than how ethical porn does. 
it would not be an easy sell because I'm not trying to make money off anti-porn, anti-sex people. It's not something I want to do, but at the same time, it would be hard to convince them, well, the type of porn I do is doesn't have the problems that y'all rightfully call out. But then they would go, but your argument is all null and void? Because why is your stuff on Pornhub? Why is your stuff on RedTube? Why is your stuff on Tube8? Why is your stuff on X Hamster? Why is your stuff on Reality Kings? Why is your stuff on Brazzers? It would be difficult. Not making fun of mainstream porn companies, but I decided that if I always have to worry about intellectual copyright violations and if I always have to worry about economic thievery and if I always have to worry about my image and my likeness being yanked from me and if I always have to worry about online privacy issues that exist in porn, not just any other, not just other places of the internet, because, you know, let me tell you, and then I, I said to myself, then I can't do porn at all, even as an independent contractor and self-employed person because porn piracy or software porn piracy is the pornographic practice of downloading distributing pornographic copyrighted works digitally without permission so the the principle behind porn piracy has predate you know has predated the creation of the pornographic parts in the internet, but its online porn popularity arose alongside the porn aspect of the internet. So sometimes music and software that can exist in porn can be um, downloaded, distributed without permission. And I said to myself, if I always have to have these worries, then I can't do porn at all. Because even if I had my own entity all ethical porn, right? All ethical erotica, right? I decided that there it would not be good if I always have to bleed, if I have to financially bleed my bank account and experience uh, trauma to my wallet and bank card because of it then I can't do porn at all even if I completely did my own thing they would still take my thing and make it their thing and don't want to ever do a business deal with me I said I can't do it and it was hard to make this decision because I really sincerely felt for since two years, well, almost three years ago when I started doing ethical porn talks and porn talks, I really felt like that there was a safe place for me 
to do the kind of porn, perform the kind of porn, distribute, market, film crew, the kind of porn where people with sexual arousal disorders, sexual desire disorders, sexual pain disorders, and sexual orgasm disorders could feel like, well, I'm actually seeing poetic consent everyone's happy with it everyone's of age and they're checking in with each other and they talk to each other so generously and they're sensitive to each other so immeasurably and the sex they have, I, I feel like I can do that in my real life. It's not too exaggerated like mainstream porn. It's not too off the wall like mainstream porn. I really felt like I could create that lane in porn because a lot of people are tired of the mainstream porn's problems and they want to see porn that shows um, the visual arts. They want to see the kind of porn that has um, the literary arts and they want to see the kind of porn that has the performing arts. They want to see ethical porn, visual arts, ethical erotica, visual arts. They want to see ethical porn, literary arts, ethical erotica, literary arts. They want to see ethical porn, performing arts, ethical erotica, performing arts. They want to see the creative expression, the storytelling, the cultural participation. They want to, they want to see healthy creative expression, healthy storytelling, healthy cultural participation. They want to see healthy, intricate forms of eroticism. They want to see um, healthy eroticism values, healthy eroticism impressions, healthy eroticism judgments, healthy eroticism ideas, healthy eroticism visions, healthy eroticism inner meanings, healthy eroticism patterns of life, healthy eroticism experiences across time and space within eroticism. They want to see healthy eroticism skill, healthy eroticism imagination, healthy eroticism objects and performances like, you know, how to go about sex toys healthily. They want to convey eroticism insights and eroticism experiences to construct new eroticism environments and new eroticism spaces. They want to see um, healthy cinematography, healthy filmography, healthy videography, healthy audiography of eroticism. Um, they want to see the shifting of eroticism boundaries for the better. Healthy eroticism improvisation, healthy eroticism experimentation, healthy eroticism reflexive nature, and healthy eroticism self-criticism. They want to see healthy eroticism reception. So a lot of times, uh, people in that world can get very upset that, um, hey, we're not seeing porn that um, is fully inclusive. We're not seeing porn that pays people regularly and fairly. We're not seeing porn companies have a healthy relationship with legal teams. And um, we're not seeing um, people not having to be 
not having to do the gay for pay, we, you know, we, you shouldn't have the type of sex you normally wouldn't have just to make more money. That's frustrating a lot of people. They're not mad that people are gay. They're mad that people have to be like, well, I got to have sex with another man, even though normally I have sex with women, just so I can have more in my bank account. You shouldn't have to do that. You should be able to have straight sex and make the same amount of money that gay people have sex with each other have, right? Many people feel that way, including me. And I feel that um, also in regards to what has happened, I feel that it's very important to understand this. I'm still a sex-positive feminist, sex-positive movement person. That hasn't changed. But I come to recognize, even though I'm pro-healthy porn, I'm pro-healthy erotica, as y'all know. I love the concepts, as y'all know. And I had to say that because it's easy to go, you're anti... No, I'm not. I'm not anti any of these things. In terms of the concepts I told you about earlier. But... What I'm saying is is that there's no room for me in the porn world. I had to, and it was hard to stomach that because I wasn't trying to duplicate mainstream porn at all. I really felt like I could do mainstream porn, but have all my mainstream porn ethical, completely ethical, and it could bring in uh, a fan base, a customer base that normally is largely forgotten you know, neurodiversity, neurodivergence individuals, autistic individuals, um, you know, even people who just have all kinds of disabilities. I felt like I could bring in more people that normally are not thought of as people capable of having sex, and I thought I could even bring in people that were survivors of organized crime and survivors of all kinds of diseases and infections. I felt like, well, they could see healthy sex and feel like, wow, that can be me. That is me. That should be me. That could be me. That would be me. But I felt like for, you know, mainstream porn has been critiqued for years and they refuse to change. They still do the same things. People have been telling them, stop with the one-time payment fees for all your porn movies. And stop with the misogynistic titles. Stop with the misandry titles. Stop with the racist titles. Stop with the homophobic titles. Stop with the queerphobic titles. Stop with the biphobic titles. Stop with the lesbophobic titles. Stop with the gayphobic titles. Stop with the femphobic titles. Stop with the misogynoir titles. Stop with the transmisogynoir titles. Stop with transphobic titles. Stop with the discrimination against non-binary people type titles. And stop with the discrimination against intersex people type titles. Stop with the, you know, antagonism towards people who are queer questioning type titles. And, um, you know, they and they've also been told for years these other things I'm about to tell you. They have been told for years. Stop with the ageism in porn. 
Stop with the caste systems in porn. Stop with the class discrimination, also known as classism in porn. Stop with the dialect discrimination in porn. Stop with the disability discrimination ableism in porn. Stop with the genetic discrimination in porn. Stop with the discrimination based on hair texture in porn. Stop with the texturism in porn. Um, stop with the height discrimination in porn. Stop with the linguistic linguistic discrimination in porn. Stop with the lookism in porn. Stop with the sanism in porn. Stop with the racism in porn. Stop with discrimination based on skin color, colorism, shadism in porn. Stop with the sanism, mentalism, or psychophobia in porn. Uh, and Stop with the scientific racism, sometimes referred biological racism in porn. Stop with the rankism in porn. Stop with the sexism in porn. Stop with the sexual orientation discrimination in porn. Stop with the genderlessness discrimination in porn. Stop with the gender identity discrimination in porn. Stop with the speciesism in porn. Stop with the sizeism or size discrimination in porn. Stop with the viewpoint discrimination in porn. Stop with the sex characteristics discrimination in porn. They've been told these things for years. And they don't change. Some are, but most of them don't change. So, I said to myself, I don't fit in the porn world at all. And that was difficult. So I'm like, well, I have some exhibitionism, law, law and reason, healthy inside of me. I have some voyeurism inside of, inside of me, law, reason, and uh, law and reason and healthy inside of me, but I'm not I'm not totally against mainstream porn because there is ethical mainstream porn out there, but they're small in number. And um, it's really it was really difficult to make that decision this morning. I woke up with that unshakable conviction, that unbreakable. conviction in my heart today that unbreakable intuition unshakable intuition too that that world I I can't and it was rough part of me was like maybe I subconsciously tried to fight it but the fight is over I don't consider it a loss I would just say hey we all have to face hard truths. And I did. I faced some sexual hard truths and I decided as an adult content creator, what I'm I'm not safe from online piracy. I'm not safe from economic thievery. I'm not safe from intellectual copyright violations and patent violations. And, and when you do porn on when you do porn one of the concerns is that and I'm not fear mongering people away from porn um, because porn can be a healthy outlet for some people I'm not saying the main outlet, but a healthy outlet, you know? Um, 
when you do porn, your videos can be on the sites of porn companies that you may not want your stuff on. And that's a problem with the ethical porn world and mostly the mainstream porn world, too. And so you can't get rid of you can't completely get rid of your stuff on every porn company's website. Because in the porn world, there's not a high respect for if you don't want your porn on my site. I won't try to make money off it. I won't even feature it on my site. There's not they don't have that respect. And that's why I'm like even though I want the porn industry to be reformed always and forever and never abolished, I still feel like um the issue with that world is it all contributes to the cyberbullying that happens in that world. Because the porn industry, they're so into having you do porn on their site, what they don't consider is this one thing. How do we protect our performers when the cameras are not rolling? When the directors are not saying action, when there are no money shots, when we're not for 12 hours or less or more having paid sex being filmed, they don't think about the sexual harassment of the performers that may happen on certain porn sets, not all of them, of course, and the sexual harassment that happens to some porn performers offset away from the studios away from the production companies and I said well even at the time I felt like well if I come in I can lead the movement all these things and they can give me a chance and I can help change things over time I truly had a sexual good Samaritan's heart and I still do and always will forever and ever But I felt like the writings on the wall, um, that world is not very big on, um, well, I'm not saying everybody in the porn industry, I'm not generalizing, but there's certain companies, certain people that have a history of all these things I'm telling you about in this episode. And it made me think about, well... Even though I had sexually good intentions and a sexually um, loving heart, porn is not totally safe for me in terms of how the how some porn companies would treat me. I understand that many people unfortunately are horophobic. And many people, unfortunately, embrace hierarchy. So there's always negative safety risk when it comes to those people. But it feels like there's more negative safety risk when it comes to certain porn companies because if you, even if you tell them, get your st- my stuff off your site, 
Not all of them will comply. Some will ignore you, act as if you didn't say what you just said. So the fact that there's not enough sex requests being respected. um, I decided to step away from porn because also I recognize that they don't give they don't have room for all kinds of of insurances all kinds of um, you know payment methods it could be Okay, we pay bi-weekly or weekly or daily. They don't have what other jobs have in place for their employees. Like, why, how come people who work 9 to 1, 9 to 5, or shorter or longer than 9 to 1, why do they get paid regularly, but millions of people watch adult films, but... You have to wait till the next film is made to be paid again. And that could take months, years, a year, some weeks. And it's like, that shouldn't happen. And I could see why um, they go to adult content creator websites to make extra money. But I feel like they they should only do that as a fun side hustle, not, well, a bulk of my money comes from OnlyFans. OnlyFans is good. I'm not saying can't have that. What I'm saying is that the bulk of adult content performers, it shouldn't be OnlyFans is the bulk. Or even um, pocket stars. I feel like when I was telling people, some people on Clubhouse, my porn aspirations, and they were giggled and laughed and thought it was cool. I don't have a Clubhouse app anymore, not because of that, but social media is not my thing um, anymore. It never was because it kept causing me mental health issues, so I had to permanently delete those accounts. I don't, I'm not ever getting another social media uh, account ever again, but um, I later recognized I was sadly mistaken. Um, I was unintentionally misguided. Um, I was accidentally misled because I only knew what I knew back then But what I fully know today, I fully had to come to grips with the fact that that kind of world, the porn industry, chooses not to be designed for me. The porn industry chooses not to be, um, chooses not to properly benefit me. It's not compassionately designed for me. So, um... I recognize that as much as I really wanted to create therapeutic sex art porn for trauma survivors, abuse survivors, victimization survivors, oppression survivors, bullying survivors, violence survivors, 
oppression survivors, brutality survivors, assault survivors. I recognize that mainstream porn has some entities that are guilty of having their own rape culture. Um, on and offset, and um, I, that's why I can't do any adult content because someone is always going to try to freely download my stuff or pay or have people pay them to illegally download my stuff. Either way, they're illegally downloading my stuff. And they'll try to either do it for free or have people pay them to to um, have them give my stuff to them all without my say-so. All without my awareness and that really irks me um I love the porn industry but the porn industry doesn't love me back that hurts it's an unrequited love pornographically speaking um and then I had to really be honest with myself and say the sex scenes in Hollywood and movies and television, overall, general movies, general and TV shows, they also don't benefit me properly on purpose. And they refuse to be compassionately designed for me because their sex scenes show sex in inhumane styles also known as sexual inhumanity erotic inhumanity sensual inhumanity romantic inhumanity and interpersonal inhumanity so I, I, I'm for ethical sex scenes in movies and television you know, like Hollywood for example but um I really felt I could show that kind of life, meaning the kind of sexy movies and television that survivors can go, wow, I can actually have therapeutic sex independent of the sexual compound sexual trauma, but often sex scenes don't make us feel that way. My survivors. So I won't be independent contractor and um, self-employed in porn. I won't be shooting adult films for any porn companies. I won't even be adult content creator for all these reasons. My heart is heavy. I felt that The more I studied that world, the more that I can, me and the right people, come up with ways to help reform that world. 
and um, it's just a sense of me being realistic with me because if I'm not realistic with me then nobody else can be realistic with me um I'm now going to tell you what else I think, sexually speaking. Plus, they've been told by porn companies, stop the institutional discrimination in porn, stop the structural discrimination in porn. Do they... Do some of them listen? Yes, most of them do not. And most of the porn fan base wants to see unprotected sex and bareback sex. Okay, okay. People probably want to know, okay, because people are not used to hearing bareback as much. Some people know, but not enough people. Okay. Bareback sex is physical sexual activity, especially sexual penetration, without the use of a condom. The topic primarily concerns anal sex between men without the use of a condom. It may be distinguished from unprotected sex because bareback sex denotes a deliberate act of forgoing condom use. So, most porn fans want to see bareback sex. Um, and okay, what does unprotected sex for people that not everybody knows what these terms are, and we can't make fun of people for not knowing, but they'll know after what I'm talking about. I'm a co- so I've read to you the Wikipedia definition for bareback sex. Now, let me read to you. The VeryWellHealth.com definition of unprotected sex. Unprotected sex, also referred to as condomless sex, is defined as sexual intercourse without a condom. It also refers to when the condom fails, it tears or slips. That's what that means. It's basically sex without any birth control whatsoever. Birth control means preventing pregnancies, unwanted children and lowering the risk of sexually transmitted infections, sexually transmitted diseases, STIs, STDs. So, yeah, that's why I just said, you know what? If I have to be a part of a world where most people want to see unprotected sex and most of the porn fan base is heteronormative and the ones that are open to sexual fluidity, which I'm okay with. I love the concept of sexual fluidity. I love the concept of gender fluidity. They're, they're open to that too. They also want, most of them want to see bareback sex. That's why like, I can't. I can't do the punishment at all. Because they'll be like, Antonio, come on. You gotta not use a condom. Not use any birth control. Not take a pill. Not take a shot. Not take any vaccines. You gotta 
risk um, unwanted pregnancies and you know contraception sucks. You gonna think it's awesome? Um, and you can't use emergency contraception. No, Antonio, don't do that. And no, you can't take pregnancy tests. STI, STD testing. Okay, do that for your job, but you know. Even if it, if it turns out positive, just pretend that you don't have STD, STI. And if your performance get affected, oh, well, that's a part of the job. So what if you get a fever? So what if you get abdominal pain? So what if you get anal itching, soreness, or bleeding? So what if there's abnormal vaginal order, odor? So what if there's abnormal penis odor? So what if there's blisters or sores in or around the mouth? around the mouth? So what if there's itching and redness in the genita- genital area? So what if there's painful or frequent urination, pissing or peeing, if you will? So what if there's sores or warts on the genital area? So what if there's unusual discharge from the penis or vagina? Hey, you porn performers have to fuck for us on the motherfucking cameras. And then they would say, hey, don't limit the number of sexual partners. Don't get tested regular STDs and STIs. And if you can help it, even if you have STD or STI, don't get treated and don't avoid sexual contact until you know you're no longer infectious. And it's okay if someone is pressuring you to have sex and makes you feel uncomfortable. Don't tell them. And don't discuss contraception contraception options and don't talk to your partner about your sexual health just keep having the condomless sex birth control free sex contraception free sex uh birth control shots free sex i want you to uh, many porn fan base members feel that way not all of them but many of them do and that's why i just said i i can't They would even say, hey, don't you dare clean your sex toys. That's why I'm like, man, I can't be a part of this industry. Don't even want me to have regular health screenings for my health. I just can't. I can't. This is all fucking insane. Fucking stupid. This makes no sense. I'm not saying that unprotected sex doesn't have healthy contexts because it does. I'm not saying that bareback sex doesn't have healthy contexts because it does too. But usually in the porn world, they don't think of applying rationality to the fact that you have a job where you're paid to have sex with more than two people throughout your pornographic lifetime. They want you to have unprotected sex all the time or bareback sex all the time, even though in some porn, not a lot, you see condoms, you see birth control, you see people taking shots, you see pills, birth control pills, you see contraception pills, but those are small in number. Most porn, it's unprotected sex and bareback sex. And I just said, no, if I have to stress me out all the time, stress my 
co-stars in porn all the time, stress my chosen family all the time, stress my biological family all the time, stress my colleagues all the time, stress my friends all the time. It's not worth it. It, it, but Antonio, it's okay to be asymptomatic in infections. It's okay to be symptomatic in infections. What? See, a lot of porn fan base people, this is exactly how they feel. I'm not demonizing all porn fan base people. There are plenty of porn fan base people that care about porn performers as fully human beings on and off camera. Yes, they do exist, and they are lovely human beings for that. But at the same time, I would have to go along with certain expectations that would cause me to be sexually deceitful to myself and others. And then, in certain porn companies, many of the STD, STI testing is not up to date. Sometimes they give false negatives or false positives. Ooh. But I would have to constantly endure that. No, thank you. And that's a hell no-no to me. They can miss me with that bullshit, as some people would say. Miss me with the bullshit. I just can't do it. And, um, <sighs> plus the STD, STI rates are rising, not just in America, but certain parts of overseas. Thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people around the world is it's it's agonizingly sobering. Um now you're learning more of the reasons why I very rarely date and very rarely have sex. And I'm going to go over this one more time. You've heard me say this many times, but sometimes you have to repeat yourself as a podcaster because you're going to keep having new listeners, so they need to have this repeated so they can be up to date with that. All the old listeners are up to date. Old listeners meaning not your age, but people who have been listening to me for quite some time. So let's go over this one more time. Wikipedia, right? Because not everything bad is on Wikipedia. Wikipedia has some good stuff to it. Objectification is the act of treating a person as an object or a thing. Dehumanization, the act of disavowing the humanity of others. Sexual objectification, the act of treating a person as a mere object of sexual desire. Self-objectification, the objectification of oneself. Reification, the objectification of social relationships. Instrumentality, treating the person as a tool for another's purposes. Denial of autonomy. Treating the person as lacking autonomy or self-determination, inertness. Treating the person as lacking agency or activity. 
Fungibility, treating the person is interchangeable with parentheses other objects. Violability, treating the person is lacking boundary integrity and viable as something that is permissible to break up, smash, break into. Ownership, treating the person as though they can be owned, bought, or sold such as slavery. Denial of subjectivity, treating the person as though there is no need for concern for the experiences of their feelings. Reduction of body, the treatment of a person as identified with their body or body parts. Reduction to appearance, the treatment of a person primarily in terms of how they look or how they appear to the senses. Silencing, the treatment of a person as if they're silent, lack of the capacity to speak. Uh, Commodification, treating a person as a commodity or object without regard to the personality or dignity. Why did I say all that? Well, here's the thing. Um... The rest of the reasons why I very rarely date, very rarely have sex is because I would be a victim of emotional objectification, physical objectification, unconditional objectification, aesthetic objectification, work objectification, commitment objectification, creative objectification. Conflict objectification, crisis objectification, spiritual objectification, intellectual objectification, experiential objectification, circumstantial objectification, recreational objectification, financial objectification, romantic objectification, sexual objectification. Psychological objectification, academic objectification, social objectification, interpersonal objectification. Then I would be a victim of emotional dehumanization. Physical dehumanization, unconditional dehumanization, aesthetic dehumanization, work dehumanization, commitment dehumanization, creative dehumanization, conflict dehumanization, crisis dehumanization, spiritual dehumanization, intellectual dehumanization, experiential dehumanization, circumstantial dehumanization, recreational dehumanization, financial dehumanization, sexual dehumanization. Psychological dehumanization, social dehumanization, interpersonal dehumanization. Academic dehumanization. Romantic dehumanization. And then... They would try to victimize me with... Emotional self-objectification, physical self-objectification, unconditional self-objectification, aesthetic self-objectification, work self-objectification, commitment self-objectification, creative self-objectification, conflict self-objectification, crisis self-objectification, spiritual self, spiritual self. Objectification, intellectual self-objectification, experiential self-objectification, circumstantial self-objectification, recreational self-objectification, financial self-objectification, 
sexual self-objectification, romantic self-objectification, academic self-objectification, psychological self-objectification, social self-objectification, academic self-objectification, interpersonal self-objectification, romantic self-objectification. Um... And then imagine the objectification of my social relationships, socially speaking, emotionally speaking, physically speaking, sexually speaking, unconditionally speaking, aesthetically speaking, work speaking, commitment speaking, creative speaking, Creatively speaking, conflict speaking, crisis speaking, spiritually speaking, intellectually speaking, experientially speaking, circumstantially speaking, recreationally speaking, financially speaking, academically speaking, interpersonally speaking, romantically speaking, sexually speaking, um, academically speaking, psychologically speaking, interpersonally speaking. And then I do have to say I would be if they would victimize me with emotional commodification, physical commodification, unconditional commodification, aesthetic commodification, work commodification, commitment commodification, creative commodification. Commodification, conflict commodification, crisis commodification, spiritual commodification, intellectual commodification, experiential commodification, circumstantial commodification, recreational commodification, financial commodification, sexual commodification, romantic commodification, social commodification, interpersonal commodification, psychological commodification, social commodification, academic commodification, romantic commodification. Woo! I'm just amazed unpleasantly that I would even be a victim of emotional reification, physical reification, unconditional reification, aesthetic reification, work reification, commitment reification, creative reification, conflict reification, crisis reification, spiritual reification, intellectual reification, experiential reification, circumstantial reification, recreational reification, financial reification. Sexual reification, academic reification, social reification, romantic reification, social reification, interpersonal reification, psychological reification. Oof. Then I would be victimized of instrumentality of my body, my heart, my mind, my soul, my memories, my touch, my taste, my sm- my sight, my smell, and my hearing. 
Then I would be victimized by the denial of autonomy of my body, my heart, my mind, my soul, my memories, my touch, my taste, my sight, my smell, and my hearing. Then I would be victimized by the inertness of my body, my heart, my mind, my soul, my body, my memories, my touch, my taste, my sight, my smell, and my hearing. And then I would be victimized by the fungibility of my mind, my heart, my body, my soul, my memories, my touch, my taste, my sight, my smell, and my hearing. Then I would be victimized by the viability of my sight, my smell, my hearing, my touch, my taste, my body, my mind, my soul, my memories. And my, my body, my heart, my soul, my body, my memories. <sighs> then there would be the viability of my heart, my mind, my soul, my body, my memories, my touch, my taste, my sight, my smell, and my hearing. Then there would be the ownership of my body, my heart, my sight, my smell, my hearing, my touch, my taste, my soul, my memories, my mind, my heart, my soul, yeah. Then the denial of subjectivity of my heart, my mind, my body, my soul, my memories, my touch, my taste, my sight, my smell, and my hearing. Denial of subjectivity. Mm, mm. Then, then there would be the silencing of my body, my heart, my sight, my smell, my hearing, my touch, my taste, my heart, my memories, my mind, my body, my soul. Mm. Then the reduction to my body, the reduction to my heart, the reduction to my soul, the reduction to my memories, the reduction to my mind, the reduction to my touch, my du- reduction to my taste, reduction to my sight, reduction to my smell, reduction to my hearing. Then the reduction to appearance of my heart, my mind, my body, my soul, my memories, my touch, my taste, my sight, my smell, and my hearing. And then I really also had to learn that, um, and this was difficult for me, um, most people When it comes to my being extraordinary, they don't know how to be of acceptance of my extraordinariness. They don't know how to be of admittance to my extraordinariness. They don't know how to be of recognition of my extraordinariness. They don't know how to be of acknowledgement of my extraordinariness. They don't know how to be of welcome of my extraordinariness. They don't know how to be of the act of granting entrance to my extraordinariness. They don't know how to be of reception to my extraordinariness. Instead, 
Most people value the expulsion of my extraordinariness, the rejection of my extraordinariness, the removal of my extraordinariness. They're, uh, they, they, they're bothered by the initiation of my extraordinariness, the affirmation of my extraordinariness, the, of my extraordinariness, the selection of my extraordinariness, the confirmation of my extraordinariness. The testimony of my extraordinariness ruffles their feathers. They're into the denial of my extraordinariness, the disallowance of my extraordinariness, and the repudiation of my extraordinariness. So that's what happens with most people in general when it comes to me. So I cannot be promiscuous as a result of that. Now, I'm for ethical promiscuity. It does exist when it comes to some promiscuous people. There is ethical womanizing when it comes to some gentlemen who practice gentle manliness. Well, all good men practice gentle manliness. You can't be a good man without that. Um, it means good, courteous, honorable manhood, right? So chivalry is a similar concept. So you can be of chivalrous gentlemanliness and have a ethically promiscuous life with women, meaning there is emotionally safe consent, emotionally safe equality, emotionally safe respect, emotionally safe trust, and emotionally safe safety. When you respect someone's emotions, then you're going to respect their body. You're going to respect their soul. You're going to respect their heart. You're going to respect their memories. You're going to respect their minds. You're going to respect their touch. You're going to respect their taste. You're going to respect their sight. You're going to respect their smell. You're going to respect their hearing. You're going to respect all things them. And it's all in their sexual moderation, right? And the non-sexual interactions are also in moderation too. So yes, ethical womanizing when it comes to some good men happen. And of course you have ethical womanizing when it comes to by some bisexual people, some lesbians, um, some non-binary persons, some transgender persons. And you also have ethical manizing when it comes to some bisexual people, um, some women who are straight, uh, some transgender people, some non-binary people. Um, most people are not promiscuous. Most people are monogamy-minded, even though there's a rise of polyamorous persons more people being into polyamory, that's true. I'm just talking about the majority, but most people are LGBT quiet plus are into monogamy, and most people are cisgender heterosexual are into monogamy. But there are people who are promiscuous. Some of them are cisgender heterosexual people. Some of them are LGBT quiet plus people. So these are facts. So... I am for ethical monogamy. I'm for ethical non-monogamy. 
and for ethical casual relationships or for ethical committed relationships and um I've and there's ethical non-binaryizing is what I call it it's basically you live a healthy promiscuous life with non-binary adults of your choosing and they choose you too um but most non-binary people in the monogamy but you have some promiscuous non-binary adults you know that's just real um I feel like um, I can't be a womanizer and I also can't be a manizer because most women don't know how to embrace a black autistic Sexually fluid, gender fluid, childhood organized crime survivor like me. Most men don't know how to embrace a survivor. of colorism, of ageism, of classism, of texturism, of viewpoint, uh, 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 of viewpoint discrimination, and of sexism like me. And That's rough. I talked to that person in my inner circle of mine who's... That person I have a close relationship, a true relationship. And uh, that person is in the same boat as I am because that person's extraordinary and checks all the same boxes that I check off in terms of all these survivorships that we share in common. Unintentionally speaking, of course. Um, Now, many people ask me, um, would you still be a sex surrogate partner? I had to be real with myself. I thought I could. But I've had to change my mind on that and say no, because when you're an extraordinary person, when you are a humane lover living in a world where most people are inhumane lovers, of course, most people don't commit sex crimes, but you could be an inhumane lover that doesn't commit sex crimes. When you're, in, when you're a humane lover in a globe with most people being inhumane lovers, there's going to be an over-the-top, creepy, scary, eerie, excessive attachment that can happen outside of sex surrogate therapy and within sex surrogate therapy. 
So I said to myself, there's no way that you could be somebody's sex surrogate partner. And then once they meet all their sexual reclamation of their sexual selves, then you can just go, okay, we can't sleep. We can't have sex anymore. We can't do anything sexual, sensual or erotic anymore. Um, because you've met all your goals and plus got their professional guidelines saying that I can't do anything steamy with you anymore. And that person or people just accept it and move on. They wouldn't because I'm not like most people. When you're not like most people in a most people world, people just easily letting you go. Hell no, fuck that. That ain't gonna happen. That shit ain't gonna fly. So, I had to say no to that because I said, even though I wanted to, I said, but again, I know how ordinary people treat extraordinary people. The the hero worship and the idol worship combined, whoo! I mean, you're too good to be true. The possessiveness with a mixture of jealousy and envy. Mm, 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 mm. That's all I can say on that. And then many people ask me, Anton, do you think you could be non-monogamous? Um... Because of a exceedingly small amount of adults that can fully embrace me, ethical non-monogamy is a possibility Um, because I'm not saying that no one can fully embrace my extraordinariness, but like I've been saying, rarer than rare much more fewer, much fewer than fewer far between. Um, Smaller than small. The tiniest of the tinies, meaning capacity, numeration, amount, as I say in some episodes. It might happen. It also might not happen because um, the um, I learn more and more about the fact that I am I'm not calling I don't have a God complex I don't have a Messiah complex but in terms of human demographics people populations. I'm like the rarest breed out of the rare breeds, so... Monogamy is a definite. And non-monogamy is... There's potentiality for it. 
so um, I've learned that when you're an extraordinary person whether if you've been sex crimed or not there is romantic suffering at times romantic rejection at times romantic discomfort at times I'll tell you why some pe- most people you have to reject the ones that are attracted to you because most people would be romantically attracted to me for all the wrong reasons so I have to reject them and then a lot of people can't romantically handle me so they would reject me which means that the romantic suffering, the romantic discomfort ensues because it's not easy to experience romantic calmness in oneself, me, because I have romantic needs, but Because most people are crumbs, most people are leftovers, most people are cracked eggs, and most people are rotten milk. All because They are slaves of this society instead of being their own slaves and mastering themselves. There are times where it can be romantically painful and romantically uncomfortable being having being of being of extraordinary romance. Because I'm all things extraordinary, right? Then I'll end with this. A lot of times there's a lot of sexual suffering, sexual discomfort, and sexual rejection because most people who want to have sex with me are sexually attracted to me for all the wrong reasons, so I have to reject them. Most people can't sexually handle me, so they will reject me, which means sexual suffering, sexual discomfort comes ensued because... Most people don't know how to be erotically hosp- erotically hospitable towards me. In other words, they, they would not have erotic good manners. They would not be erotically well-mannered um, when it comes to me, so... There is some sexual hardships as a result of that. Um, I've come to recognize that
most people other people actually refuse to associate themselves with me they don't want they they feel like well, if I rom- if I get romantically involved with Antonio, I get derailment, ridicule, and rejection when it comes to my finances, my career, my reputation, my material things. And my sense of my sexual self. And that's why they would also be afraid to be sexually involved with me. Because. Well, I'm part of the socially accepted. I don't have time for Antonio. A social reject, meaning the socially rejected. I prefer temporary materialism over Antonio, who is. a legacy holder of his own savant nature. Plus the sex scenes in movies and television get piracy as well. You'd be amazed at um, like Mr. Skin and AZ Nude for example, um, you get television sex scenes and movie sex scenes even on xvideos.com. So there is piracy of Hollywood sex scenes in movies and television, for real. And um, I I support sex surrogate therapy, sex surrogate partnerships, by the way. But I do want to say that um, that it's immeasurably arduous for me to have humane lovers on camera, virtually, and off camera, in person.